Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ronma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey everyone, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 260. Yes, we are that podcast that talks about anime, games, conventions, fandom, the geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm Dijeron Mess. I'm Ari Rockefeller. And I'm Mako-chan. And goddamn, she was right. Oh. That, that, huh? that, the Power Bay Coconut Rum and the Sprite Re Tropical Remix, that's pretty good. <laughs> well, we are adults. We are allowed to have an alcoholic beverage here and there. Ain't like I got work mm -hmm. in the morning. <laughs> and everywhere. Happy hour somewhere. Mm -hmm. Also, you were taking me the hell back on that uh, pre-show, man. Which I ain't had Savage Garden in decades. Okay, all right. So here's the thing. Now. During the pre-shows and during the show, I will play a whole lot of anime music, remixes, and so forth. Things that I will not play during the show because of recorded playback is really Americanized licensed tracks or Americanized licensed tracks that are kind of iffy overseas and stuff like that. Now, if you watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure... They use American songs for their ending sequences. And some of the bad guys. No, 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 no. The names. See, what they do with the names, they actually slightly change the names so you can get away with it. Like, one of the characters in the show is called ACDC. It's translated as ESDI, SCDC, something like that. However you can make it sound. Now, for the first season of JoJo's, this was... I'll kick it up to here. This was the ending theme for the first season. Roundabout by Yes. Now, I believe... Second season, I don't. It was a different song. Ending for the third season, because they were traveling through Egypt. What do you think the ending song was? Walk like an Egyptian. Yep. Kick it up a little bit. This was the ending theme for the third season. I think. I think it was the third season second or third season it was I think it was definitely Stardust Crusaders this was used I'll look that up now for the current season of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Diamond is Unbreakable Savage Garden I Want You is the ending theme wow yep kick it up a little bit see and because these are these are tracks have been released in the U.S. and due to like crazy licensing, I will not put it on the uh, on the podcast. I'll put it as a pre-show, maybe as an outro or something like that. So there you go. That's why um, that music was there. That's why I played that the uh, Savage Garden track. 
Okay. Um, we are live tonight, week of April 19th, 2016, here on the Vogue Network. We are here Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern and replays to Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. Check out our interactive chat room at live.vognetwork.com. If you have a chat client such as Merck, XChat, or Chatzilla, you can use irc.gamesearch.net. The chat room is Vogue, V-O-G, or you can head on over to AnimeJamSession.com slash network. There is a default link there. If you click on that, your default IRC client will activate and bring it directly into the chat room. And don't forget, we do have our own forums on Vogue Network, so head on over to VogueNetwork.com slash forums. Um, we, there every week, Ari will post a summary of every podcast, so we want to hear from you. The... It's been kind of quiet, so come by, make some comments, tell us what you think of the episodes, and we can make things better for you, if you like. And don't forget, uh, check-ins are now live, so you can go on in and earn uh, VOG points. It's pretty cool, pretty sweet, and that's basically the gist of it. Um, we're going to go ahead and head things over to how was your week, how was your day, Ari. Uh, my week was pretty dull, I mean... Mostly work-related stuff. I did get paid, though. But, uh... Mm -hmm. I got the joy of lighting my check on fire, pretty much, because because most of it went to bills and and uh, stuff put aside for rent. I understand that feeling. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I... Yeah, I'm, I'm hurting for money, so I ended up signing up for Uber. And I... And on Sunday, after leaving my aunt's, because I had lunch over there, I, uh... Took that for a test run for a couple hours. How'd that go? Uh, not too bad. I ended up starting in uh, South Jersey and you know, ended up trolling around Philly for a couple hours. That's good. Got a couple rides, you know. Only about 50-some-odd bucks for now, but, you know, I was just trying to gauge how well things would go for me. Yeah, I think if you just say just basically Philly, you'll probably do really good, especially in the evenings, you know. Yeah, they tell you what the uh, peak times are and all that, and they'll send you alerts and all that good stuff. But, you know, any port, port in a storm. Mm-hmm. Got a hustle. I will say this, though. I, uh... <clears throat> my boss did say that I have a chance to get promoted to supervisor. Hey. There you go. It's a long shot. It's still, you know, weeks away before I can take a test for it, but the point is it's there and it's on the table. Mm-hmm. A new line of responsibilities and uh, duties and all, but obviously there'll be more money. You so got there's it. that to look forward to. Hey, I'm all for that. That's pretty amazing, man. I'm proud of you. Thank you. You're welcome, man. So yeah, that's how things have been going for me. Kind of, kind of slow. Gotcha. What the hell are they doing upstairs? Alright, Mako-chan, how was your week and how was your day? Um, my week was alright. You sound so happy about your week. I am suffering from really, really, really horrible allergies. Aww. So, I've got the choice of keeping the apartment shut up and overheating or opening up all the windows and suffering from tree sex. Mm. Senpai, so, the poll pollinating is kind of hard tonight, huh, Senpai? Uh, 
Yeah, so I'm dealing with tree sex because it's gorgeous out right now and I just can't not have the windows open. Would a humidifier nope. work or something like that? Weather. Um, not really because the humidifier really isn't going to catch the pollen. Mm. Yes, yeah, Sazan Mark says tree bukake. Lord. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he's not wrong. No, I'm not wrong. Just Wait. phrasing. <laughs> God. What am I but doing? yeah, other than that, I was uh, going to do a shit ton of cleaning and didn't do it. I did clean the tub because it was disgusting and I will probably vacuum tomorrow, but I was going to clean my room and instead I just started marathoning shit on TV. Oh. I end up doing that. Yeah, it's just I haven't had an actual day off just to myself since uh, la two weeks ago. Mm. So I said screw it, and I made empanadas, and that was basically the most involved thing I did. I watched all three Equestria Girls movies. I caught up on Sailor Moon Crystal, I caught up on My Little Pony, and then I started started marathoning um, Steven Universe. <laughs> oh my god, Pyrenees. Yes, oh my god, Pyrenees. <laughs> but, yeah, so I've just been uh, a lump on the couch today, which felt amazing, actually. You're always a potato on the couch. No, no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm usually actually doing shit, and it just felt really, really nice to just sit there and not do shit. Oh, I it's, an, so. it's an underestimated feeling. It really is. Hmm. It is. I mean, last Friday, instead of actually having a day off or working around the house or anything, I basically moved the most of the last of my crap out of the old house into a uh, storage unit. Because they really, really, really want to get that on the market. Mm. So yeah. Any idea how much it'll go for? Um, places in the development aren't overly expensive. So I th think eighty thousand would be pushing it. Hmm. But, which, I mean, it's it's not bad at all, but at the same time, you have um, monthly maintenance fees and stuff like that that you have to pay. The land is not yours, just the house. This land is our land. Yeah. This land is your land. Yeah, but it's 55 plus, and you have to be 55 plus to live in the house, which is why I had to get out of the house. So I guess no more weekend at Bernie's, huh? Uh, not there. Hmm. We can do it at my house now. Alright, fair enough. So, yeah, I'm just... Just chilling and relaxing and anticipating midnight. Hmm. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. Yeah, midnight can't come soon enough. Uh, light went up for me. 
Of course. Pre-show was added to your Dropbox. I'll deal with that later. I don't know what that is. All right, so my that week... That would be me. You, we don't... I. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll look into that later. I'll look into that later. All right, so... Mm -hmm. I was trying to kind of move away from Dropbox, but it's cool. Oh, excuse me. So my well, weekend... It's just the pre-show. Shut up. <laughs> so anywho, my weekend day has been quite interesting. So right after last week's show, I think that Wednesday... Yeah, that Wednesday, I said, fuck it. Backed up all of my important data, wiped my hard drive, and did a clean installation of Windows 10. Everything is running so much smoother now, so... And I don't think I lost anything of value, and if I did, it probably wasn't that important. So, so I'm I'm okay with that. The only issue um, that ended up happening was my printer stopped working. I mean, it works, but there were no drivers for it. I go to Canon's website, and it says use the compatible Windows 7, Windows 8 drivers. Okay, I go to download those. It tells me it comes pre-packaged with the OS. I'm just like, but it's not here. So, and I end up retiring it. And by retiring it, I mean I grab the cable and put it and put it outside. Because eventually somebody was going to take it. It ended up getting trashed, but whatever. So I end up getting another I end up getting another printer and it's wireless. So I'm happy about that. Also the fact that I now have a free USB port. So if I can reorganize my table, I can hook hook up a hub and have my some of my devices running off of that. So that's all good and dandy. Plus this means I can reprint some of my favorite web comics that got damaged and put them on the fridge. Cool. So while I did that, I ended up ordering some brand new cables, you know, for the mixer. So everything could kind of, so I have less of a clutter on my desk. That didn't go as I planned. Oh. Yeah. Amazon tells me that my package arrived on Saturday. I go outside. There's nothing in the box. Okay. So I'm thinking to jump the gun. Whatever. Aftership tells me a couple hours later your package has arrived. Okay. Head over. Take grab it. Nope, not there. So I wait till about three o'clock, double check. Nope, nothing. Call USPS one eight hundred number. They can't help me. They in turn refer me to the local office. And I call there, speak to a supervisor. Evidently the mail carrier got mistake mistaken on the on the address. So, so he gave it to somebody else. Right. So lovely. The supervisor says she's going to go back and get the packages and bring it to my house. Okay, good. I ended up going out that Saturday. Didn't see anything. So I'm like, maybe Monday. Monday around two o'clock. I go check. Nothing. Go over to the post office. Speak to the supervisor. It seems they now have updated technology with their scanners. Their scanners have GPSs, which ties to Google Maps. So when they scan that barcode, when they drop off the package, it gives a rough estimate of where they were when they scanned the package. So the guy says he will call me back in an hour to talk to that mail carrier to see what's going on. All right, cool. He also says the best thing to do is contact the provider, have them 
ship me a replacement. Now, mind you, it's printed straight off of Amazon, so I'm just like, really? So, whatever. As I'm walking back, I call Amazon, and I explain what happened. They shipped me brand new cables overnight, and they waived the overnight fee. Okay, that's what I call great customer service. The way you stuttered that at first, it sounded like they sent you an empty box. <laughs> that has not happened yet. And when it does, somebody's going to get hurt. Yeah, that's not to tempt anything. Mm. So, anywho. This morning, I get a notification that my packages have arrived. I look at... And I see two packages there. I'm just like, what the fuck is this? So, I bring both packages in. And I open one of them. It's the two sets of replacement six-foot cables that I ordered. Okay, so I'm thinking the other package is the three-foot cable. And it wasn't. Guess what that was? The original package? Yes, it was. And I'm just like, I'm going to assume that when it was handed off, they threw it back in the mailbox or handed it to a carrier on Monday. Or the mail person grabbed and just threw it right in, whatever. So I go out and I come back and I see another package waiting for me at my at the mailbox and I grab it. It's the three foot cable. Because it came from two different shippers through Amazon, it had to come two separate packages. Okay, fine, whatever. But what was funny that day was right after I got those packages, I get a call from the supervisor saying they are unable to locate the packages and the best thing to do is for me to contact the shipper and have them re send me replacements. Um. Um. Yeah. Your tax dollars Silver at work. Silver lining, you've got extra cables now. Oh yeah, your tax dollars at work, ladies and gentlemen. You got cables for days. Yes. I've already had cables for days. I just end, I end up throwing out half of them already while doing my, my cleanup on Saturday. By the way, I cleaned up my apartment, threw out a lot of stuff, threw out old Ann Americas going back 10, 11 years. So now... Did you glimpse at any of the articles before you threw them out? Like, but, oh my God, I remember this. Not really. I was like, I ain't got time for this. So now, when you walk into my little apartment, that open spot where I keep where my, where my DVDs are, it's clear. The only thing there is my camera bag, my gym bag, and my travel bag. That's it. And it's perfect. As for my as for today, I went out to Target and evidently they don't price match stuff if they scan the product and it doesn't come up. And even if you show them show it on your phone, they can't price match. I have friends that work at Target saying, what the fuck is that? And also, my long desk lamp organizer had for about 10 to 12 years is finally dead. Dead as in, I can't turn the switch anymore. And it sucks since Staples no longer makes this. And this was perfect because it was a desk lamp with a pen cup and spots to put papers and stuff like that. So... I found a decent replacement at Target today, and because of the issue, I totally forgot to go buy it, so... I guess I'll be doing that later this week, huh? 
Probably. Yeah, at least I am able to see what's going on here, so. And that's the most important thing. <sighs> Alright. Um, let's take a look at what's going on in the chat room. Um, let's see. K-Chan says, tomorrow is 420. Yes. We know this. We know this for a fact. <laughs> yes. Some of us have been anticipating this. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Shinji Akari's getting ready for PAX East this weekend. Enjoy. Have fun. Say hi to Mega Ram for us. Uh, let's see. Onsen Mark says, I promise not to request I like Bukaki by Dog Horse, if that means anything. Even if you did, I wouldn't play it. And Shinji Akari says, not seeing the UPS quite the same right now. When it goes to UPS and USPS and FedEx, they're union. Their jobs are secured. Short of shooting somebody, they will always have a job. Mm-hmm. And while... I don't know. I worked... Hmm? I got fired from there. Uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. And, and again, the boss had a grudge against my mom who worked there for 40-some-odd years. So. Yeah. Oh, there you go. What a dick. And Wild Spice says, I'm shooting a Quinceanera session and an engagement session on Saturday. Next con is probably Wizard World Philly and then Anime Next. Well, we'll be I'll be seeing my little one at Anime Next. That's going to be fun. All right. Uh... And Shinji says, him and Asuka is going to be at PAX. And hopefully, in the meantime, Yuno can calm down a bit. Okay. Um, we're going to go ahead take our first break and when we get back we're going to jump right into the important news pretty much we're going to kind of give you a quick summary of the important stuff we didn't cover over the last couple of weeks so um yeah we'll be back
You know, I actually have to get around to watching that show. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Evidently, um, lately I've been seeing some some fan art circulating as I be Google imaging memes and stuff. So I'm like, I think I have to actually sit down and watch this. Mm. Uh, like I said, when I eventually get around to it. Um, let's go ahead and... Hold on, let me... Open this up over here. Okay, perfect. All right, uh, let's go ahead and get into um, tonight's articles. Um, but before we do that, there was something that, a couple of things I wanted to uh, touch on real quick. I meant to say this earlier, but I forgot, and I had the um, outline minimized. Number one, um, our Sailor Moon podcast, Crystal Chronicles, is now back. Um, it's me, Mako Chan, Sei, and Yaten. Uh, we published our episode when we talked about Un, Un- Nouveau Voyage Marco, what is the name of that damn uh, musical? Un Nouveau Voyage Thank you, thank you I'm glad someone took French right A New Voyage? Mm-hmm. Pretty much, yeah Thought so That episode is already up um, We just did our podcast covering Acts, uh, Acts 26 and 27 and that, oh, I think no, 27, 28, whatever no, 27A and 27B. Okay. That's what we did. We covered 27A and B, and that's going to go up later this week, so be stay, so stay tuned for that. Um, also, I want to talk about something really quick. Um, Kyle Hebert, a friend of the show, he had made a tweet earlier about his fiancée, right or wrong. She is going to be with him at a convention coming up, and she's talking about panel. Uh, she's doing a panel in regards to mental health at, at conventions and so forth. And I think that's something that's really cool. Um, we really don't talk about... Might be to stop by to that. Oh, I think we all should stop by to that because we can all relate one way or another. Um, usually you don't hear about people talking about mental health issues and support at conventions unless it's like at those con etiquette panels. And that's usually like maybe like five, ten minutes that's covered. This is a full panel. Um, as soon as I get a little bit more information about it, I will definitely post this on our Facebook page and we'll tell you what convention it is, the time, and all that good stuff. So be on the lookout for that. All right. Um, now we get into, I would say, the important um, stuff. Kind of don't want to talk about this, but I understand that, that, that it has to be done. Mm.
if this doesn't sound familiar to you, it will shortly. Right about here. It is um, with great sadness that we announced, well, it's already been announced, but for us to say that uh, singer Kota Watakoji, who is known for Butterfly from Digimon Adventure Zero One, passed away two weeks ago at the age of 42. This was due to upper pharynx cancer. Um, early, earlier in his career, I think about a few years back, he had taken a break. Um, yeah, back in 2003, he had taken a break due to the fight, the fight the cancer issue back then. He had taken a couple of hiatus in regards to that, but he still came back stronger to continue to sing. His most recent work was he re-recorded his first single song, Seven, which is an insert song from Digimon Adventure. And also, he reset. He also re-recorded "Butterfly" for Digimon Adventure Tree. A farewell gathering for him, for his fans, is scheduled to be held in Tokyo later this month. That information was posted on his website. As you know, back and forth between all of us, we always argue. You know. What's better, Digimon or Pokemon? And someone throws in Monster Rancher or this series or that series. But you know what? I just really like Digimon. It, it was just, I, I, it was just more adventurous for me. And then when I discovered the song, I just thought how cool it was, and the fact that they got him to come back to re-sing the um the song for the new series. Because that's something that doesn't really happen all that often. So. Of course, bottom line is a guy died, you know, really, really young, and there's mm -hmm. nothing funny about that. Yeah, you No, cancer is no joke. Yeah, it really isn't. Pretty much the theme of 26 years has been hashtag fuck cancer. Pretty much. Yeah. All right. Um, moving on. I think Mako would probably want to take this one. Sure, I will take this one. Um... Tokyo's newest themed restaurant is the Chibiusa Cafe. <laughs> um, yeah, so it says, while well, Chibiusa is a love-her-or-hate-her character, <laughs> we think all the series fans will be happy for the opening of the cafe. It's, again, one of those limited-time eateries. It's going to be in the museum complex... And it's basically going on while the Sailor Moon art exhibition is also going on. Um, yeah. So there is a Sailor Moon special hamburger with star-shaped tater tots. The hamburger bun is pink. Oh, and it looks like they have cheese on it so that it forms the shape of one of her brooches. Um... There is the Tuxedo Mask Nihilus Pasta, which features a pie crust mask and a spicy tomato sauce. And it actually looks like they've got rose petals um, sprinkled on 
as well. Yeah, can I get the Chibiusa combo, hold the cheese, extra pickles and mayo? Uh-huh. They are doing a three-variety talisman curry. Ooh! Um, so there's going to be three curries, and then the special magical items of Sailor Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto will be accompanied by yellow, spin uh, yellow spinach and squid ink roux. You, you would think that if you're able to eat all of this, they bring out the dessert and the chalice. Mm. So for dessert, uh, there's the Heavenly Miracle Romance Parfait and Chibiusa's Custard Pudding a la mode. Ew, custard. Just like Chibiusa herself, sending you in a diabetic shock. <laughs> mm -hmm. And there's a Luna Pea Bowl Berry Mousse. Um, and since it wouldn't be proper Japanese cafe without fancy drinks, the five Sailor Senshi beauty juices made with the Chocola BB Joma energy supplement endorsed by adult white collar Sailor Moon. And then for those uh, a little bit eviler, there is the Evil Black Crystal Cocktail, an alcoholic and non-alcoholic, and also no caffeine versions. And you want the alcoholic one, don't you? I kind of really want to try it. But for those that are actually going to be in Tokyo, the cafe will be open during the Sailor Moon art, art exhibit. Um, so between April 16th and June 19th. And for the record, uh, one of my friends is over there. She is actually going to the cafe, and she I believe she's also going to the exhibit, and she will be taking pictures, and we will be posting those pictures as soon as she gets them to me. Maybe That's she me. can taste test this stuff for us, too. Mm, maybe. Well, some of it. I also, doubt she's going to get the entire menu. Also, I wouldn't put it past her. Pasta? Did Frederick Nietzsche become a tuxedo mask when we weren't looking? Maybe. Anywho. Alright. Alright. Um, Amazon launches its first global anime acquisition. So as of Thursday, April 7th, the, uh, Amazon Prime Video customers in the US, UK, Germany, and Japan will be able to watch... Cabinary of the Iron Fortress, the VOD service first global anime acquisition. It's the latest from <clears throat> director Tetsuo Araki, who did Attack on Hi Titan in High School of the Dead and Wit Studio. Cool. Episodes of the series will be available each week to Prime customers that day, and each episode after each episode premieres in Japan. And let's see. Oh, it's uh, launched in April 2005. Animation, well, it's kind of weird because it's animation backwards, but the last A is capitalized. Mm. It's a late-night animation block on Fuji TV in Japan, which has helped drive the success of uh, Honey and Clover and Nodame Cantabile. Cantabile, I think that's all I'm pronouncing mm. it. So, yeah, we got a little uh, preview image here, and it does look, does look like it would be pretty cool. See, on the plus side of that, you know... If you already have the streaming service, and now that Amazon is now charging monthly now for, for the streaming service and for Prime, which is cool, you got easy access to it. And I think Amazon's starting to realize, you know, 
the anime market isn't as niche as it used to be. Mm. It's, it feels like people are just scrambling to get whatever license they can get their hands on. Well, I mean, really, it's pretty easy to find a lot of anime. Granted, there's still some titles that's only available via fan subs. But my thing is this. If, I mean, if you could deal with a few commercials here and there, might as well watch it. Yeah, once something's licensed over here, they're pretty good about bringing the entire thing over, mm -hmm. at least for subtitled versions. So at that point, unless you are super, super, super nitpicky about your subtitles, at which point you probably understand Japanese and don't need them anyway, there's really no need to pirate. Or in my house, at my, at my old house, known as um, God's Holy Language. Yeah. What? Yeah. My old roommate, I'm watching uh, Bubblegum Crisis or something. I was watching the dub, and he's like, what are you doing watching it? Not watching anime in God's holy language. I was like, oh, shit. Weebo. <sighs> Sorry. Hey. I, I, call, if the shoe fits. As the saying goes, if you call a spade a spade. Well, let's see. Let's go into the chat room. I just didn't want to sound rude. That's all. Oh, please. Be as rude as you want to be. And if you go into the chat room here at live.vognetwork.com, uh, Shinji Kairi says, Dan, 2016 strikes again. K-Chan says she's going to learn karaoke for him. On to Mark is, fuck death. Um, he's mentioning the issue with the audio is kind of poppy. Yeah, the there's a cable that connects my headset that splits out to the headphone and the microphone on the mixer. The connecting part is really staticky, so I'm probably going to end up ordering a replacement cable and tossing this one. Uh... And he also says, and yet you can only see Kamen Rider Amazons in Japan, even though it's running on Amazon Prime. Well, it's licensing rights. It's only available on Amazon Prime Japan, that, where it can be distributed. If you get yourself a Japanese Prime account, you might be able to watch it, but if it's anything like Netflix and Hulu, it checks via IP addresses. So, Good luck to you on that. Alright, let's see, what do we have here? Oh, sweet. Netflix is now in final talks to produce a live-action Death Note film. And we know this has been going on for a while, and it's been bouncing back and forth. So, what's going on is that the project that Warner Brothers that was going to do with the movie, they're actually going to start, from what I can understand, people that are originally cast it will be there to do it. Variety is reporting that uh, two weeks ago that Netflix is in final negotiations to acquire and produce the live-action Death Note film, which was previously in development at Warner Brothers. On the plus side, it's going directly to VOD. You ain't got to worry about theatrical and stuff like that, because we all know it's probably going to tank in theaters, but do phenomenally well on home video sales, because they're like, you know what, I'm not going to give them 12 bucks for that. I'll give them 12 bucks to buy it, you know? According to the report, it states that STX and Lionsgate Films are some of the other studios that sought to acquire the project, and they're looking, it's going to be anywhere in the 40 to $50 million price range. The project originally casted Nat Wolf from The Fault in Our Stars and Paper Towns for the lead role. His character has not yet been revealed, but Variety describes him as a student who discovers a supernatural notebook that allows him to kill anyone by simply writing the victim's name. 
And Ryu mentions that there'll be uh, he'll be compete with a reclusive police officer. So I have a feeling they're going to be changing the names. But I guess but it's you, still going to be like it's still going to be light and L pretty much. Yeah, I think they will probably leave L, the name the L in, or and probably change it or something like that. Warner Brothers originally acquired the plastering hmm? that uh plastering that uh old English style L all over everything. Sure, why you not? Know? Well, L was not his real name. Yeah. So they can yeah, keep server. it because yep. it was you know it was used just to do missions like this so that mm-hmm. nobody knew his real name. So I don't see why they have to change L. Right. They may change Light yeah. only because it's a really weird name, but anyway. Right, so pretty much see, I've never watched Death Note, so I'm going to assume, from my remember correctly, Light is the one that has the Death Note and L is the detective that tries to find him. Something like correct. that? That's okay. correct. Okay. Okay. Um, it seems that Warner Brothers had uh, acquired the rights to the series from previous holder Vertical Entertainment back in 2009. At the time, the the, the screenwriters for this, uh, Vlad and Charles Palapandis, were working on the project. Shane Black from Iron Man 3 and Gus Van Sant from Goodwill Hunting and Milk were previously linked as directors to the project. So I'm kind of looking forward. To, I'm, I am quite curious about this, see how it's going to go. Either or, this will just inspire people to go watch and check out the original series one way or another. Well, considering that the geek live-action stuff that's coming out on Netflix right now Mm -hmm. is actually pretty damn good, there's a very good chance that this is not going to suck. Probably. Let's I mean, hope. yeah, there, there's a very good chance that it will suck because they have not really done justice to any Americanized version of a live-action anime. But yeah. at the same time, there's, you know, at least seeing what's on Netflix right now, it, it gives me a little bit of hope. Although, at the same time, Japan has so many live-action versions of this series out now, it might be overkill. Mm. But we don't, so we're getting a taste of it. Yeah, but considering most of it has come over here, either through Crunchyroll or Hulu or what have you, um, it it is flooding the market for live-action, so that may also kill it even if it's a good series like I'm starting to have flashbacks to like the Godzilla franchise yeah when the US tried making its own Godzilla movie in the mid 90s what Godzilla movie are you uh, talking about oh right that's right we don't talk about it sorry Mm -hmm. you mean you mean Matt Broderick with uh, dinosaurs right what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Zilla. It got stopped yeah, in the... 10 seconds in the next uh, Godzilla movie in Japan. I'm just glad that more, the more recent one was fucking amazing. I had mm. to pop that and watch that again. It was good. I haven't seen it. 
I might have to bring it then, huh? Sure. Uh, I'll be happy when, you know, maybe they start bringing in the other monsters. I love Godzilla and all, but I was always a Mothra fangirl. Down girl, pet pet, down Mothra, girl. Mothra, Mothra, Mothra! ba 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 You know that was going to happen. Uh-huh. And Shinji, anyway. says, and Shinji says he's cautiously, he's cautiously optimistic about it. Well, I look I look at it this way. I mean, there's that whole whitewashing thing. If they can make the storyline good and explain shit, then I'm okay with it. If not, well, there's always tomorrow. You see, I don't have any issue with that. Mm-hmm. My issue is always with... Uh... <laughs> You know, when they try and fit everything into its original scene and setting and everything, and then everybody's white. It's like, you want to bring it to America, bring it to America. I don't give a shit. That's, you know, translating it into something that we can understand. Yes, because... But, yeah. Because as I have said... Wolseyism, that's the word you're looking for. It's like this. And a lot of geeks out there don't understand this concept and if you're offended by what i'm saying then yes what i'm saying is meant for you when they do anime video game comic book adaptations to tv shows and movies it's going to be different from the source material sometimes slightly sometimes too much the main reason why it's changed from the original source material to get the average person to watch the show or the film. Once the ratings yeah, are getting at up the same there, time, mm-hmm. the things that are bitched at the most are the ones that basically shit on the entirety of the source material. Right. You know, I haven't really heard a lot of bad about say the Marvel Cinematic Universe yes there are people that are out there going no it's not like the comics it is it's enough like the comics that you know even comic book nerds fall in love with these series however something like the Dragon Ball movie took a shit Dragon Ball movie yeah it took a shit on the entirety of the source material you know, that's where things get crappy. Yeah, Shinji Akari says Avatar The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. However, my issue with Avatar was that it took a shit on everything. Not that they quote-unquote whitewashed it. Or, you know, did everybody in different, you know, different ethnicities than they should have been. My thing was they just shat on the entire storyline. <laughs> well, to put it in perspective, you know, M. Night Shyamalan is Indian, and the Fire Nation was based on an Indian people. See, see, so, there's a difference. See, there's a difference between adapting and then there's adapting. Now, I understand what he was trying to do with Last Airbender, adapting the different tribes to where they would live and re- see. 
I saw where he was going with it, but he went a little bit too far. Same thing with Dragon he Ball. He fucked up the story. Yeah. I saw where they were going with Dragon Ball, but it was too much of a modern adaptation. I mean, if you put Dragon Ball sort of like in the scenario of, of, of Willow, that whole background and stuff like that, that would have been a great movie. Super Mario mm -hmm. Brothers. They, they, they went based off of the source material of the TV show. That was going on. Two plumbers from Brooklyn. That's an mm -hmm. alternate lore. If they set that movie in a background setting of like Willow, again, which would work, that would have been great. Again, I mean, I, I, I didn't want to really get into this, but I understand where they're going with Ghosts in the Show. I get that. <laughs> but I cannot really talk good or bad about it when they try to CGI everyone to look Asian. That, no. No. I that, don't yeah, mind. That's got issues. I don't mind that they have a white woman playing Motoko. I don't have a problem with I it either. I have a problem with Scarlett Johansson. I, we all know that. That's why I said, unless your beef is with uh, Scar jo, I don't want to hear it because that's just, that's just it. But as it was says, as also this is also don't they have, have like a lot of artificial bodies in the Ghost in the Shell? Yeah, but he, here's the he, he, here's the funny part. I, I mean, not for nothing. Yes, the major's name is Motoko Kusanagi, but really, does the major look Japanese? I mean, come on, what anime character really looks Japanese? She's actually very Asian looking in some of the clips okay others she's not mm -hmm. but you're talking about somebody with a complete cybernetic body that has been a child a man a woman she can jump from body to body you know because she's basically just a ghost mm -hmm. so that is why i have I no yeah that is why i have no issue with whatever actress you know nationality they go with my issue is that ScarJo just I, I don't like her acting I don't think she can't act she's a pretty body and that is it however from the one picture I've seen I'm not impressed with her Matoko maybe if I saw a full face on but from the side, she looked just like anybody in a black wig. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it comes to where I guarantee you this. If the major didn't have a Japanese name, I don't think there'd be this much of an issue. I mean, it's like you hear Motoko Kusanagi and she, this android is all of this. It's like once you hear the name, everybody just stops listening. Now, if you're going to argue it, but you know the lore of Matoka and all of that, that's cool. I'm okay with that. I can talk, and I'll I, I fucks with you. I'll do that. But if you're going to sit there and tell me that it shouldn't be this and it shouldn't be that, but you don't know anything about the character outside of the name, sit down, shut the fuck up, and go read the goddamn manga. I mean, it's bad enough to deal with this shit with half the people in the goddamn Sailor Moon fandom. Shit, all right. <sighs> moving on, moving on, moving on. Um, Michael, I think this one's yours. Yes. Okay. Um, 
So, speaking of things being acquired, it seems that Crunchyroll and the Japanese publisher Katakawa Corporation announced a partnership. They're going to grant Crunchyroll exclusive worldwide digital distribution rights outside of Asia for the anime titles that they publish. Interesting. So this means that the Crunchyroll subscribers will get the only shot at seeing the anime coming out of uh, Katakawa. To register participation for this week's episode of Anime Jam Session on vognetwork.com, use the passphrase mail. So, yeah, I'm trying to see right now. Okay, as you're doing that, I want to say something, uh, make a quick uh, reference to the chat room at live.botnetwork.com. This is from Dark Tetsuya. He says, in regards to the whole uh, Ghost in the Shell uh, discussion, that was my other thing. In the original movie, she didn't look too much Asian, more white than Asian, really. Okay. Okay. I don't know. When that image of, of Scarlett Johansson came out as Motoko Kusanagi, I was like, Ramona Flowers, is that you? Alright, so, um, this looks like it's going to be just for streaming, mm -hmm. um, because Crunchyroll doesn't do dubs or anything mm -mm. like that. No. So, I'm just trying to make sure. That's uh, the first step, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so right now all I'm seeing is that it's going to be um, exclusive streaming of what I'm assuming is the subtitle version. Because mm -hmm. Some of the titles that have been done by this production company in the past are um, Asterisk War, Black Bullet, Boy and the Beast, uh, Charlotte, Defrag, uh, let's see, The Irregular at Magic High School, High School DXD, uh, the live-action movie for Kiki's Delivery Service, mm. Mobile Suit Gundam The Origin, uh, Persona 4 The Golden Animation, Soul Eater Not, Strike Witches, Trinity 7, Valkyrie Drive, Yokai Watch. So, I mean, these aren't just no-name animations. Yeah, but... Here's what I'm seeing. Now, the joint ventures between Katakawa's North American firm. So, whatever Katakawa Japan is putting out, we can't guarantee that Crunchyroll is going to get all of it, but what's probably going to happen is they're going to get first dibs at it before anybody else throws money to acquire whatever series it is for, for, for publication here. That also means that there's a very good chance that should... Funimation or Viz get the dubbing rights, they will not get the subtitle rights. So anything that's that Funimation and Viz stream could be dub only. Well, some, I think something like that happened with Free because it was on Funimation and Crunchyroll. But I think what's going to happen is... Unless Crunchyroll is going to start getting into the dubbing business. No, I, I don't see that happening. I, I doubt it. No. 
I completely doubt it. No. Uh, what I see happening is I see... I, I wouldn't surprise me if... Um, if if it's a series, a credential just has straight up subtitling. Maybe after a certain time, it'll end up on Viz or Funimation if they have the rights to it. But like I said, it wouldn't surprise me if yes, Eve, yes, Katakawa's U.S. arm has first dibs at it. Another company could be like, well, your arm's giving you 1.2 mil. We're gonna throw 1.3 at it. So, depending on the title, it could start. A, it could become a bidding war. This all sounds like it's really confusing. Well, it could be confusing. Well, this is well. Like... It's something like this. Um, look at Sailor Moon Crystal. Mm-hmm. Sailor Moon Crystal is um, produced in Japan by Toy. It was licensed here by Viz. Mm-hmm. So Viz is given rights to do the dubbing, and they have their own sub team doing subtitles. Um, the company in Japan gave rights to Crunchyroll to stream it. So Crunchyroll has its own um, subtitle team who did a completely different subtitle version and streams it on their site as well. Yeah, from from my understanding is that the translations are coming directly from Toei and it's just like you're using these. That's what I, that, that, that's what I had heard um, through the grapevine. Well, if that's the case, then why is it being subtitled on two different streaming services? Well, why give it to two different streaming services? I should say. Simply put, not everyone has Crunchyroll. Not everyone has Hulu. Granted, Hulu is free. But again, so I Crunchyroll technically. Yeah, but people have as their long pre- as you feel like waiting a week. Yeah, preferences and so forth. I mean, like I pay for Hulu just so I can watch it on my PlayStation Three and Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. It's you know there are many streaming services out there, and not everyone's going to have every single one. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way. And I they can re- end up being expensive if they uh. All these fees end up piling up, yeah, you know? Yeah, because you know what? I get, yeah, because, I mean, pretty much every, there's one free service that we have, the stream server we're going to use. And then there's probably like two paid services people are going to use. Like, we'll go with Hulu and Amazon Prime and Netflix. For some people, they might not have um, Net, uh, Amazon Prime. They may go with Yum, with Crunchyroll, or they might go with. CBS All Access, something like that, you know? I just look at it this way. Between Crunchyroll and Hulu, they're pretty much covering um, the entire anime popular for distribution of it. And yet there are still some people who, who look for the fan subs. Mm-hmm. And I understand why, but come on, fam. Come on. Some people you're just not going to be able to please. Yeah, I know. I tell you this, if companies like Viz... Funimation and whoever else are doing streaming, I think they should really take a cue from the fan subbers and like, you know, translate your opening and ending sequences. Make the subtitles colorful and cheery like you're singing karaoke and stuff like that. There, I mean, there are some subtitles that do that. 
And like I said, and there are people who argue about the proper translation and stuff like that. Case in point, that one debacle with that one episode of Sailor Moon Stars. Yeah. Alright, um... Ari, next one is yours. Okay. A new Dragon Ball game is making its way to Japan later this year for the 3DS. So, first announced in January under the title Dragon Ball Project Fusion, the game, now known as Dragon Ball Fusions, gets its first trailer. It'll be an RPG published by Bandai Namco Entertainment. It allows players to fuse characters in the Dragon Ball universe to create new character forms. And the example they give is Goku and Brawly. Yikes. Mm. Of course, familiar fusions such as Goten and Trunks or to Gotenks will also make their way into the game. And right here they have a trailer of it. Um, the graphics do look pretty decent for it, for a 3DS game. Kind of reminds me of the uh, Budokai games for the PS2. Yeah, the cell shading. Yeah, that kind of thing. And, a, and I don't know what the plot is going to be or anything like that, but... Needless to say, it's going to it's going to generate a whole shitstorm of who of a which combination is strongest and all that good stuff. Probably so. As it tends to do in the fandom. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably going to be the exact same plot that has been in the twenty previous games, based on the same crap that is, uh, you know, that they have to base it on. I don't know. Um, the last one they had, the one where you're a character traveling all through different dimensions, that had a pretty decent story to it. You mean Xenoverse? That's the one, yeah, it's Xenoverse. Oh, by the way, uh, Mako? Mm. The first Sailor Moon pop figure has been, been seen in the wild. Uh, no, that is the Hot Topic exclusive. Yes. Yeah, that's not the first one. That's They're just showing that they have an exclusive one. That is not the regular one that is being pre-ordered currently. I guess because this one comes with um, the Moonstick and Luna? No, the regular Sailor Moon pop figure is Sailor Moon with Luna. The Hot Topic exclusive Sailor Moon pop figure has her moon wand, and Luna's crescent moon is covered with band-aids. Ah. Well, it looks like it's available in Canada now, so... I oh. honestly just want Jupiter, Luna, and Artemis, and I'm not going to be able to do that. Well, we all know which ones I'm going after, so... Yeah... All right. Yeah, you and your Venus fanboyishness. Oh, oh, hey. Call a spade a spade. I still want a Luna and Artemis by themselves in the same box. And then position Diana on, like at the top, be like, hi. Or in the middle of the That would be cute. But I want the two of them in the same box with their tails swirled up in the shape of a heart. Hmm. Because that's just me. And yes, Shinji Akari, we all know you want Sailor Jupiter. <laughs> I don't know. I figured it was talking about, right? 
I, I don't know if you if you want Sailor Jupiter. I, I mean, Oscar might might have might be, need to have a word with him about that. You know, have too many waifus, you have a terrible waifu. <laughs> never enough, never enough, never enough. I suppose so. This sounds like a harem anime waiting to waiting to happen. What about Tenchi? <laughs> okay, all right. So, let me ask you all this. If you were given the opportunity to get a, a degree in cosplay, would you do it? Hell no. Not me. I don't know. My, it's, it'll be about as useless as my current degree. And my degree's in English. Mm. Well, there is a... Well, there's a cosplayer out of Cherry Hill... And her name is, she goes by as Cosplayer Corey Main. And she has a bachelor's in cosplay. I want you what? all, yeah, I want you all to let that sink in. Also, in Cherry Hill, yeah, that's a little too close to home for me. Mm. Well, I do know this much. I she generally does make a lot of appearances at, at the Monster Mania conventions. I've never seen her at normal conventions, and if I have, I just never knew who she looked like, which is why I've gotten pictures of, well, I guess, quote-unquote, famous cosplayers on my Facebook page. I'm just like, I don't know who these people are. Just like what they were wearing. So, here's the thing. Now, when this popped up, there were some people that were like, what the fuck? Okay. So... Corey Maine, she went to University of Connecticut, University of Hartford in Connecticut, UConn, and there were some people who were like, oh, that explains everything. What, 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 what's the hate with Connecticut? Eh, whatever. It seems UConn allows you to create your own curriculum. Okay, I think that's cool, because if it was up to me, I create a, an associate's degree around computers and networking where it'll be a lot of courses on operating systems, some stuff on networking, some stuff on coding, and stuff on hardware. You know, something that I'd, I would deem that would be, oh, excuse me, relatable and reliable to what I would do. Now... Yeah, but that also sounds more plausible, you know, in the in the real world than getting a big, big like, five, six-figure job, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm still, yeah, I'm, I'm still working, I'm still, I'm still running around on the, um, on the five-figure set, set aspect, but um, she created the curriculum, which is a combination of art, performance, and special effects work. So the dean approved her idea, and gave, and she has an art degree that is essentially in cosplay. Okay, I I I understand. I can see it. Cosplay is an art form. I, I get that. Cosplay is also an acting form, you know, it's a little bit of both. And as she says, if you wear a costume and act like the character, you're in cosplay. But I find it more personal if you make the costume yourself. Okay, if you wear the costume and act like the character, yeah, you're in cosplay, but you're acting. You're Shakespearean, to a certain extent. And she says that she does acting in theater, and she's always made her own costumes since she was a young, of young age. When she got out of college, she started going to conventions where, I guess, she met a guy named um, Eric Moran, known as The Smoke. 
He is a well-known professional wrestler, actor, producer, and cosplayer from the Philadelphia area. Uh-huh. Wonder what wrestling circuit he's in. CZW. You serious? I have no idea. Like, <laughs> I have no idea. It's like, you said Philly wrestling, and it's at CZW, or, you know, this is CZW. You know, that sort of thing. Okay. <laughs> Trust me, the wheels in my head start turning. As soon as you said wrestling in Philly, I'm like, wait a second. She's actually cosplayed Gozer from Ghostbusters. Okay, and Machiko, the female version of the Predator, a.k.a. Lady Predator. Okay, I didn't even know it was a Lady Predator and the Lady Predator had a name. I know a couple of people were, like, fuming over that because they didn't like how she did it, but whatevs. But my, my, my thing is I, I give her props for getting a degree in cosplay. I, I ain't gonna, as I've always said, I respect your hustle, but if I find an issue with it, I will not hesitate to knock it. As long as you own up to it, we good. We fam. Now, I was talking to another cosplayer about this, and she was saying that she's missing, where are the business courses? You got to learn how to market yourself. I guess you can't have everything, huh? Branding is probably what you'd go with. Yeah. I mean, if you want to get a degree in cosplay, you do that. Go do you. But think about it. If it's going to really get you where you need to go and where you need to be. you I mean, looking at it, depending on that interview, they're going to look at you and be like, okay, explain this. You know, sometimes they may just look at that on the, on the resume and just toss it. I mean, I, I respect that it, what she does. That, that took balls. But I don't know. I don't think personally I would do something like that considering there are so many majors out there right now that don't do you any good mm -hmm. in the real world anymore um i don't know that i would have called it you know a cosplay thing mm -hmm. i probably would have gone with a more i don't know I call it theatrical costuming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, e even something like that isn't, you know, isn't what I would call it. I mean, it it's cool that she's got this, but, you know, unless she's working for a theater production or something like that, nobody's going to give a shit about her degree. Pretty much. You know, I... I... <laughs> I mean, it's just like a, a lot of the degrees now. There's just so many people doing it. But, you know, saying, oh, yeah, I got a degree in cosplay. It's like, okay, well, what are you going to do with that in, you know, five years and six years? There's only so many costumers for mm -hmm. theater. There's only so many actors for theater. And, and you're right. It's, I mean, yes, it's something right now. It's, yay, it's cool. It's, you know, I can say that I got a degree in cosplaying, but it's just, you know, like I myself Her am doing the same trend, thing. in other words, right? Yeah, it's like my, my degree right now is just like, okay, I have a degree in shit. And unfortunately... Me too. Yeah. So, I mean, she's just 
yeah, I definitely would not have gone for that degree. I mean, good on her. She got it and she's doing something now with it. But there are so many people that end up growing up out of the whole cosplay circuit or take like not taking it as seriously as they used to. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some that stick with it, but there are some that, you know, five, ten years later, they're like, why am I still doing this? And she's going to go, oh, that's because, you know, I just went to school for it and my whole life now revolves around it because I got a freaking degree in it. Well, maybe she could probably flip it since it is a little bit of everything. If she can, like, kind of break down what she took her classes in on the resume, you know? Now, if we go over to the chat room at live.bognetwork.com, Wildspice says that Penn State has a program where you can design your own major, essentially. She has her degree, she has a bachelor's in integrative arts. It was a combination of theater and communication. And Anton Mark wants to know if CZW is still a thing. It is. There you go. Almost every episode of Botchamania has CZW clips. I mean, I mean, I know people who have gone to school wanting to do this, and then years later end up going back to school, going in a different direction. I kind of yeah, feel... Yeah, the most I've done with my degree is, you know, fucking hobby writing. I mean, I, I feel bad for a lot of my friends who do that. I mean, if I know... Before they end up having to switch um, to different switch um, degrees or whatever, they were able to do work in that field, and, I, and I'm happy about that. But it, you know, if you if you can't, then you know either you just got to work hard, work harder at it, or you're just gonna have to start all over, and it really sucks. And I've always said I just got lucky. Everything I've done is just pure fucking luck. I didn't trip and fly across the graduation stage. I would have of course, gotten it on you'll tape. You'll probably taken out the stage too. That would have been awesome. Yeah. I would have gotten that on tape. <laughs> yeah, put that shit on YouTube. <laughs> mm-hmm. Trip on the stage collapses. Funk. I just thought it was pretty cool that my graduate. They had my graduation at uh, at the Javits Center. I'm like, hey, I'm here for something out besides a damn convention. Uh, I think I could, I think like maybe like 15 to 20 percent of my f- people on my Facebook can actually say that. And as Shinji Akari says, it's almost all luck, really. Believe you me, I know. Believe you me. It's all in timing and who you know. Yep. And depending on the degree, who you bang. Anywho! That too. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Okay, we're going to go into the open forum topic, um, and we're also going to open the Skype line. So if you have any questions about uh, tonight's show, you have any questions for us, go ahead and Skype us at Anime Jam Session. All calls are cut to two minutes um, based on time. And depending on the time, we may give you a little bit more, depending on how things are going. So... Okay, and we got some more people on, on, on our Skype list for that. So, pretty much the, um, the, um, where is my folder? Here we go. Uh, 
pretty much the open forum topic is where we post a question about a topic in anime cosplay fandom. Um, if you don't want us to use your real name, we ask you that you put a different name before you post your answer. And we also ask that you keep it civil. I don't want to break up any fights and delete comments and stuff like that. Especially if it's good stuff. I, want, I, I really want to hear from y'all. Alright, so... The open forum topic, we kept delaying it for the la last couple of weeks due to not having a show... Um, a podcast running long and stuff like that, but we're going to finally get finally getting around to it. The dress code. Every convention has a different set of rules on what can be worn that is not deemed offensive. Sometimes the rules can be interpreted differently based on staffer, cosplay, and etc. Do you think that the various dress codes are fair, unjust, or what? Have you been told to go change even though you felt that your cosplay was in the guidelines? And so we actually shared that. Oh, uh, that was us. Duh. All right. Uh, Kay Chan says that as a staff member, she has seen a lot of crap from men with shirtless cosplay and not covering their nips when they cosplay Kamina. As the rule states, as long as they have band-aids over their nips, it's okay at most cons. Um, colossal, it's not like that at all. Um... As for females, a lot of guys see swimsuit and skippy cosplay as a booty call, which isn't right. The dress code exists for a reason, but it seems that beach cons allow the sexy swimsuit cosplays for a reason or another. And that's because the models are like, I'm at a beach, I wear a swimsuit, this character. And they get sexually harassed, people wonder why they get creeped on like to do. Put some clothes on. Wow. Uh, Wild Spice. She agrees on the dress code in the sense that privates shouldn't be visible or handing out, especially with there being minors at the convention as well. Okay. Serenity41088 says that she understands that some people show more skin than everyone else, and they can say, oh, it's part of the cosplay, but who are they kidding? To be honest, as long as dicks aren't hanging out and tits aren't flopping around, unless breastfeeding, or asses are mooning people, that's pretty much my take on dress codes. As long as props, aka wings and mechas, aren't taking up a huge part of the walkway. Alright. Uh, Kelly says that there should be a basic meeting for volunteers to go over what is acceptable and what isn't, and then stress to the standard for everyone. Everyone. Keyword everyone. Not everyone who isn't hot. And believe you me, I've seen that shit happen. But she also asked the question, should there be an age limit on cosplay? While I don't think there should be, there have been problems with minors getting in trouble while dressing and claiming to be adults, which is why I'm assuming some cons and institutes dress codes in the first place. Uh, okay. And I'm trying, like I said, I shared this previously, so I'm trying to pull up, see if there's any more, um, anything else to add to this. Um, let's see. Okay, yeah. Uh, Nemesis47 says, as long as codes aren't too strict, they're okay. It's an anime con, not an exhibitionist review. However, some cons go a bit far with codes, which, uh, with the codes such as NDK in Colorado. Here, here's the thing. I have seen fat cosplayers being told they can't wear certain things because it, it reveals. I've seen skinny cosplayers being told to change because it reveals. The, there really won't be a balance, but a lot of this has to come onto the cosplayer itself. Just because your friends say that you can wear it and it looks good, that does not mean everybody's going to be appreciative of it. I mean, if you're if a skinny cosplayer is cosplaying Lum, 
Okay, that's not a problem. If a plus-size cosplayer is wearing LUM, depending on how plus the cosplayer is, it may or may not be welcoming. Because you have to fix the cosplay mm -hmm. to your size. Yes. And us big girls don't always get that. Yes. That is my, you know, that's my one thing. You can have somebody cosplaying LUM. The person that is going to be a size, you know, 20, 24 cosplaying LUM, they need to remember that they need more material to cover the same things that, you know, less material is going to cover on a smaller body. And that's the issue that I don't think they get. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, oh, well, she's only wearing, you know, little triangles for this and blah, 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 blah. Well, that's great for her. She's a size A, maybe a size B. If you are a size double D or bigger, little triangles are not going to support you in the same way that they are going to support somebody with a B cup. And you need to realize that to not make it so that you are overexposing yourself, mm -hmm. you need to put a little bit more material. I am very free with people being able to go out and wear what the hell they want. But they need to know that you are larger, you need more material to cover your ass. Literally and figuratively. Exactly. And as Shinji Akari says, Mako-chan talking sense again. I mean, that's, you know, that's the biggest thing. You got all of these big girls going, uh -huh. you know, oh, no, it's because I'm big. They're telling me to go cover up because I'm big. No, they're not. Somebody that is a B cup wearing, you know, a bikini is going to look very, very different in said bikini than somebody that is a double D or larger. It has nothing to do with your gut. It has nothing to do with your thighs. It has to do with, you know, how much skin is exposed when you're trying to fit into a very specific look. Mm. Some people can't pull it off. And that means that you just have to adjust things so that they fit. That's it. So it's not going to look as accurate as it will if you were watching the anime. All right. Again, you need more support because you have more up top. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a good thing. That's a beautiful thing. So, you know, unfortunately, conventions, especially, you know, ones that come off as family friendly, are going to tell you to cover up. I know there was some issue with Zenkai-Con. Zenkai-Con states itself as a family-friendly convention. They want everybody there to enjoy it. That means that if there's too much skin exposed, doesn't matter if you're skinny or not, they're going to ask you to change. If you are going to the rave and you are wearing a thong and a bra and a fishnet dress, they're going to ask you to change. If you are wearing what is essentially, basically, a bathing suit with 
you know, a halter top and you were spilling out, they're going to ask you to change. It's not that, you know, they think you're ugly. It's not that they're trying to say, you know, you're too fat to wear this. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of we as big women, even big men, have more there to cover up. And as shitty as that is, you know, to go to the standards of, you know, what should be covered, we have to use more material. I mean, you're absolutely right. And that's it. End of story. Now, I, you know, I've gone to non-family friendly conventions and there was a Felicia cosplayer who was told to go cover up because she thought that wearing a thong walking around with bits of fur strapped to her was good enough. Meanwhile, the only thing she was wearing was her thong, a tail and little strips of fur over her nipples. Mm hmm. That's pushing the envelope even for a non-family friendly convention. You know, so yes, the skinny girls get it too because they try to, you know, overindulge. It all depends on just how much skin is showing. And unfortunately, some people have a hell of a lot more skin than others. And my thing is also cosplayers want to do accuracy. Okay, that's fine. But when you are not the proper body type of that character, you have to make changes. For example, a friend of mine, she cosplayed um, Satsuki Kyrgyzhin from Kill la Kill. She did her override uh, Junkets cosplay. Now, if you've seen that, um, Satsuki has a little thong on at the bottom. My friend... She's not skinny. She's not. She's a little curvy. She's got. She. She's got some curves. She's got the booty. Yeah. She adjusted that to make it look more. It, it, she. She adjusted. It wasn't like a thong. It was more like basic underwear style. But it really did not take away from the cosplay. I can like understand. Like a bikini brief kind of thing. No, it was more than that. Oh. I. And I. My hmm? whole, like I. We get so many cosplayers that have that, you know, that keyhole shirt look mm -hmm. and boobs just sticking out. You know what? Most of that's fake. Not everybody. Most people, you know, some people can actually pull that off. But there are shit tons of tutorials on how to make that out of foam. It's not real. That's not real skin. And that's how they get away with showing it because it's not real. Or you get the ones that, you know, they're wearing a full flesh-colored bodysuit. So if anything happens to be showing, it's not real skin. And that is okay for conventions because you are fully and entirely covered. So that means that nothing is going to slip out of place because you are fully and entirely covered. Don't assume that somebody that has, you know, huge tits hanging out in the middle of a shirt has huge tits or that they're not covered because most people don't want to be exposed like that so they'll put a cover up on and all it is is foam shaped to look like tits mm -hmm. but yes i have been i was actually told at a convention that i had to 
um, turn my shirt around or turn it inside out because of what the shirt said. Not because of what was on it, not because I was showing too much skin, but because the shirt said masturbation, I had to turn it around. Because what time it was, was this? A, oh, this is a, yeah. Oh. Because it was more of a family friendly type environment. They wanted everybody to be able to enjoy it. And a masturbation shirt, which it wasn't really a masturbation shirt, it just said masturbation, was not PC and to their, you know, liking. So, no, it has nothing to do all the time with body. It has nothing to do all the time with how much skin is exposed. It has to do with the convention and what they accept. Not all conventions are Dragon Con, where you can be, you know, whatever size you want, and as long as you're wearing pasties, they don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen wow. some of those pictures, and dear God, some of those people really need to put clothes on. But that's just me. You know, the convention is very okay with that. There are some 21-plus conventions that don't mind you walking around. There are some conventions that have an area where it's okay to be in a more burlesque-style outfit. And showing things off. And it's okay. But as soon as you walk out of that area, you have to cover up. Ari, what do you think? What, what's your quick thoughts on this? Uh, I think Mako-chan already ran, like, yeah. went where everything I was going to say. Yep. Yeah, Mako, I, I'm, I'm guessing Mako has had more experience with us than than uh, you or I have. I mean, I've yeah. And that shit, any, yeah, that kind of issues. And as Shinji Akari says, 99% of the time, people know they're pushing the boundaries. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, they're going to, the, okay, let's see how, how long will it take before I get pulled aside for this? Mm-hmm. Uh, pulled aside as in, get spoken to by staff, not... Hold it says, and hey, can I take your picture? Yeah, that. And as K-Chan says, I plan to cosplay Sinellen and my boobs are big, so I'm using a cami top for the shirt so I won't be spilling out. I'd rather take modesty over accuracy any day. I'm sorry. That's nothing to be sorry about. There are some co female cosplayers who are like, they know they're well and down. They kind of want to show them out. And then there are those who are also well and down. They're like, well, I'd rather kind of keep it, you know, chill. That's fine. Empowerment doesn't doesn't have to mean shown as much as possible. It can mean, you know, showing nothing at all. There you go. I mean, for me, I would rather be comfortable. I would rather be able to, you know, go to the convention and have fun and not think about my outfit slipping down and my boobs falling out constantly. Mm-hmm. So, you know... That's not entirely unrealistic. No. So, you know, there... If you're going to be going to a convention and want to do something like that, you're you're doing it for the outfit itself. Because if you wanted to be comfortable, you're going to make sure that you're wearing something that you aren't spilling out of. And while I do not have, you know, the well-endowed boobs of my size that I should... I know enough people that have boobs of that size that complain constantly 
of them hurting. So, Lower back pain, right? Yeah, so why they would purposely not give themselves enough support to help alleviate that in a costume boggles my mind. And borders on masochism. Well, yeah, that too. And the sad part is, as much truth that we're spitting out here, only 10% of people will get it. Oh, yeah. You're going to have those people that go, well, I don't have to, you know, I can do whatever the hell I want. Yes, you can, and you're allowed. But just remember that just because somebody might say, you know, a convention staffer might say, look, you need to go and cover up, does not mean that it's because of you. Because way too many of them will start pulling the it's because I'm fat card. And you know what? It more than likely is not. They don't seem to understand that actions have consequences. Well, it's, yeah, it's not just the actions. It's they don't think about, you know, the underlying cause. Oh, it's because I'm fat. No, it's because the only thing you're covering with that top is your nipples, and it's a family-friendly convention. Mm-hmm. I'm actually thinking that the Felicia cosplayer was years and years and years ago at Zenkai Kanto, now that I think about it. Because, you know, conventions are not always for just you. Yep. If you don't want to go to a family-friendly convention and you want your assets out there, find another convention then. Or pick a costume that, you know, isn't going to be frowned upon. End of story. There are more than one convention type out there. Go research. Okay, I think I think we've got our point across. And if need be, if you're nice, maybe Mako Chan will write up an uh, article about it. Maybe. 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 Shall we get now? Shall we get to the fun stuff? Yes. If you've been following our show for as long as you have, you know when you hear this music what what time it is. We're going into strange news from Japan. And Mako John's got some pretty interesting shit. Yeah, I found things this week. Mm-hmm. Alright, let me pull them up. Here we go. Woman is arrested for making 330 nuisance calls to law firm. Before I get into the story, shall we take a vote? Is she unemployed? Mm-hmm. Is she unemployed? I can't answer that. I'll say she is. I'll say she's unemployed. All right. Police in in Tokyo have arrested a 35-year-old woman on charge of obstruction of a business after she made 330 nuisance calls to a law firm. The suspect, named Yoko Nakano, who is a former employee of a telecommunications company, is accused of making the calls to the law firm for nine days starting from March 4th. It is said that she's left messages such as you should die or simply would hang up without saying anything. According to the police, two years ago, Nakano reported a case of power harassment directed at her by the boss of the company. She consulted the law firm which carried out an investigation but concluded there wasn't enough evidence to prove that the harassment 
occurred in the workplace. Police believe that Nakano, who was vexed by the conclusion what the law firm came up with, started making the phone calls as retaliation. She's denied the charges, but police believe she's actually responsible for at least 500 calls since last December. Nuisance calls? The, the irony is just going over this woman's head, too. Yeah. The woman who complains of harassment her, is herself harassing the law firm. Harassception? That's some, yeah, it's that's some Nietzsche that. stuff there. Mm. He who harasses monsters. Let's just say that she was she's unemployed, okay? Moving on. Ari, take the next one because Mako wants the last one. Assistant professor arrested for filling up girls. Oh my god, did you have to stick me with this? Sorry. Uh, let's see. Police in Kurume, Fukukoa, Fukuoka Prefecture said Sunday that they have arrested a 31-year-old university assistant professor for filming up a girl's skirt. According to police, the suspect Takao Matsumoto used a small digital camera hidden in a bag to film up a 14-year-old girl's skirt in a bookstore in a shopping complex on Saturday around 2.35 p.m. Are you serious? <sighs> yeah, they're getting way too in-depth for this. It's the technology, I tell you. A security guard told police that he thought it was odd when he saw Matsumoto standing behind a girl with his bag in front of him. The security guard detained Matsumoto and told police were notified. Well, this guy is gonna be unemployed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tenure doesn't really protect you from, uh, you know... Sexual harassment. I mean, I, I, maybe it's just me. I don't see... That's... No. No. I, 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 no. Mako-chan, please save us. <laughs> this ain't gonna help. Oh, fuck me. Uh, Japanese ads for lickable mushrooms and sopping wet senbei are as dirty as you can imagine. Um. Um. I'm done. Yeah. Uh, so, with an attractive woman suggestively licking mushroom-shaped mushroom candy and instructions to shoot your load of secret sauce over the cracker... These commercials don't hold back. <laughs> so, yeah, they're trying to sell phallic-shaped lollipops and moist, wet rice crackers. About as subtle as a brick to the head. Um, yeah, so it's for Village Vanguard, Japan's popular novelty bookstore for all things weird and wacky. Starting April 13th, the two new items um, from their original brand, Vilpen, uh, will be on its online store. This means that I can find this. I kind of really want it. Oh, God. Anyway, so the first is the Namaru Dake, literally mushroom that you lick. 
It's a hard candy which is available in three different types of mushrooms, in two different flavors, and multiple lengths. Oh, Jesus Christ! There's it a king... gets worse. There's a king trumpet mushroom, which is cola-flavored, and about three inches. There is a fly argaric uh, mushroom, which is apple-flavored, and about seven centimeters. There's a porcini mushroom, which is cola-flavored, and six centimeters. Yeah, so uh, the licking of mushrooms is described as the one-night stand lick and in-the-dark lick. And the commercial demonstrates. Of course uh, the it does. Next, yeah, the next one is sembe, or rice crackers. And they're usually widely available... Um, in Japan. One particular variety is called Nore Senbai, which literally means wet senbai. Um, so while your standard senbai are crunchy, this one is soft and chewy. So Vilpen brings you sopping wet senbai, which comes with its own highly suggestive commercial. And it says that you were first introduced to the cracker through a fairy tale of sorts featuring a lovey-dovey uh, ukiyo-e style couple. After some partially bleated, uh, bleeped out sweet talking, the man leans down off screen to do some lady bit pleasuring, coming back up a moment later to remark how wet and delicious she is. Is this real? Is what I'm, and, is this what I'm hearing real? Um, yeah, so it's basically he's supposed to be eating this thing off screen. <laughs> Done! That's not all he's eating. Uh, Nori Senbei usually come individually wrapped and ready to eat, but you've got to do a bit of extra work with these to get them extra wet. Um, so this says protection is important. Things could get pretty messy otherwise. So cut your nails, wash your hands, and gently, lovingly stick your crackers into the bag. Um, shoot your load now seems a bit premature, but best to follow the directions. So shoot your load of secret sauce over the crackers without hesitation, then close the bag in silent anticipation. Caress it so tenderly with the balls of your fingers until the crackers become soaked. <laughs> Oh, God. So, yeah. It's about $5 for the mushroom lollipops and a little bit extra for the senbei. But, yeah. <sighs> Let's go to the chat room real quick. I don't think and you're going to really, find much really, help there. I really, really wish I understood Japanese so I could order this shit. Just saying. Arsene Mark goes, wow. Oh, wow. Followed by, good night, everybody. Good night, and I got nothing. <laughs> there it is. Um. Um. Break? Um, so does anybody know enough Japanese to, you know, help me order this shit? Oh boy. 
because this shit's hilarious not for nothing this shit is funny and I really 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 want to freak people out I thought you just wanted to test your gag reflex no I have a horrible <laughs> gag reflex <laughs> what was it Ari I said hey oh <laughs> um Dark Tetsuya of course I really want one duh are you sure this isn't the porn episode or the hentai episode? I had to do something special for 420. And Bob Coffee joins the chat room. Brother, you have no idea what you missed. <laughs> You're going to love the replay. Yeah. I think everybody's going to love the replay. The You mean the foreplay replay? I suddenly really, really, really want a mushroom. <sighs> We're going to take a break and then wrap things up. Said I? <laughs> Good timing. Said. <laughs> you said wrap it up. Oh. Not helping. Definitely not helping. We'll be back.
I didn't mean for us to run late, but when you have a good time, you have a good time. Yeah, this was a good show. Yeah, it was. So, you know, let's <clears> hurry up. And yeah, get, really good. Yeah. Let's hurry up and get the hell up on out of here because I got to pack for this weekend and stuff like that. So, this week and so forth. So, um, if you like what you heard, tell a friend. They in turn will tell another friend and so on and so forth. We are free, independent podcasters, and we are doing this for the fun and love of it. So, what we're telling you, whatever it is, we're telling you it's straight up. No bull. So, if you have any questions, ideas, planes, trains, automobiles, sarcasm, and what have you about the show, just drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that's podcast at animejamsession.com. Let us know what's up. We're here to believe you. Uh, check out our website at animejamsession.com, where we post links to all of our uh, convention videos, photos, and everything. Uh, right now, we have our latest but delayed um, Katsukon 2016 report, report from Ichigo Gami, so swing by and check that out. If you're unable to access our website for our podcast, we got you covered. You can find us on Podcast Alley, iTunes, Stero, Stitcher, Miro, Double Twist, Blueberry, Groove, TuneIn Radio, and which is through VOD Network. I don't think we're on there individually, but if we are, that's pretty cool. And we're now officially on Google Play. If you head over to facebook.com slash Anime Jam Session, there is a post, I'll probably pin it, where you can find us, Land of Esh, and Anime and um, Orange Jams Radio on the Google Play Store. What's cool is you can actually just go in with the app and just stream it. No need to download. Check out our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Anime Jam Session TV. That's where we post all of our convention videos, masquerades, interviews, all that cool stuff. So definitely swing by and check that out. If you want to see stuff that we like on YouTube, our playlists and videos, you can find me at youtube.com slash DJRonMS. You can find Ari over at um, the Ari22682. You can find Mako-chan over at Jube Luna. Twitter.com slash Anime Jam Session. Follow us there for updates on our website, conventions we're going to, and other cool tidbits of information. If you want to follow us individually on Twitter, you can find me at Twitter.com slash DJRomS. Ari is at the Ari Man, and you can find Mako Chan over at Joe Videa. Facebook.com slash Anime Jam Session. I just want to say to everybody who has liked our page, thank you. We truly appreciate it. As long as you continue to like our page, we will continue to bring you more content. That's what we're all about. Uh, if you want to follow us individually on Facebook, you can find me at facebook.com slash imdjronmess or thatdjronmessguy. Ari is at Ari Rockefeller. You can find Mako-chan at Makoto, Mako-chan Kino. And don't forget, um, we are on the Vogue Network twice a week, live Tuesdays, encores on Thursdays. But we're not the only geek podcast on network, so you definitely want to check out the Starboard Power Coupling Podcast, The Geek Card, The Bobby Blackwolf Show, Orange Lounge Radio, Critical Myth, British Invaders, Pod Culture, Electric Sisterhood, and us uh, Anime Jam Session, Girls Gone Wow, Ranger Pride, Game Buoy, Guys on the Show, and don't forget the Return of the Crystal Chronicles. It's not on Vogue, but you can find that on iTunes and on our Facebook page, uh, The Crystal Chronicles. Definitely check that out. All right, so we're going to go around the room and do last words. Last words, Ari. Uh, well, I'm going to end up playing either Street Fighter Five or Division later on after this. Mm. So that's what I have to look, for, look forward to. Mako-chan? I'm going to read. 
until midnight. Smut. No. Hmm. My last words is I got three large containers of iced tea lemonade. Three containers for ten bucks, so I bought them. So I'm going to probably fix up some uh, lemonade iced tea. Kind of organize and pack stuff I need for the week. So I'm hanging out with Mako-chan for the next couple of days. Then Friday, I'm hanging out with my sister. And then it's Castle Point. That's going to be fun. So much fun. Oh, yeah. That is it. End of list. Um, Still the same programming as always. We'll still be here on Tuesdays. Any changes, we'll let you know. So we're going to get up one out of here. I'm Ranma. I'm Ari. And I'm Mako-chan. Great fight. Great night. See you next week. Good night, everybody. Night. Say good night, Mako-chan. Good night, Mako-chan. Also, you're saving it for later tonight. What? Never mind. Good night, everybody. podcast has been a production of Anime Jam Session and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shot, electrocuted, or pistol-whipped in this episode. For now. The views, opinions, and thoughts expressioned on this show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it. For transcripts of this episode, start typing. Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and vognetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane! <laughs>